listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. And if you saw in the title uh, what we were talking about today, we're dealing with how to enlarge, and do we, do we use the word blessing? How to enlarge your blessing? But it's, it's, it's more than that. It's more than we could really, uh, we use the word blessing, how to enlarge your blessing through fasting, but it's even more. I, you know, I, now that we're on here, I want to I expand on that. There's only so much you can put in a title on social media, but it, it's not just your blessing. It's your influence. It's your territory. It's, it's God moving in your life, how to enlarge what God is able to do in your life. That's what we're talking about today. How do you enlarge what God is able to do in your life? Do you know, you do play a role in that. God's not just sovereignly picking and choosing what he can do in your life. It, part of it is determined by us and what we are doing. And, uh, 2020 blew me away how good God was to this ministry. But can I tell you something? We never took our confession, our belief, or our actions off of what he told us to do through the year of 2020. We received our prophetic word that it would be a year of violent increase and expedited favor, and we never came off that word. We confessed it. We believed it. We acted like it was already true from the beginning to the end. We never stopped and God never stopped. And this ministry was so abundantly blessed in 2020 that it blows the natural mind. We didn't double. We more than doubled, not in 12 months, in 11 months. (laughs) I mean, hear that in a year where everybody said you had to hoard, pull back, whatever. Others were laying people off. Others were, you know, cutting things out of their budget. We didn't double. We more than doubled. In fact, by actual statistic, we doubled and a quarter, 123% increase in one, in 11 months. God did that, but it wasn't random and it wasn't sovereign. It was because he gave us a word and we believed it. We confessed it, but we didn't stop there. We acted like it was true. We took steps of faith based on that word. We did that. And God blessed us. He, many of you, you've put your testimony up. You've done it. You had the same experience. God blessed you abundantly. It's not random. There are things we can do that will determine what God can do in our lives. And I'm going to talk today about how fasting and prayer can actually enlarge your territory enlarge your influence, enlarge your blessing and enlarge what God is able to do in your life, your business, your ministry. And we're going to talk about that. And the Lord dealt with me about it because he said, one of the things, if you were to talk to Christians, now think about this concept. If you're to talk to most Christians, especially Pentecostal slash charismatic Christians, you know, spirit filled people, If you were to talk to them, they wouldn't disagree with you that God is able to do things. I mean, I think we all, all of us that are spirit filled, 
can agree, God is able to do what he said he's able to do. No question. He's the unlimited God. He's the all sufficient God. He's more than enough. We all can agree on that. And I think many people even say it often, but what ends up happening is probably just by uh, environment, how we grew up, who we've been around, what we've seen in the past. It's not that we don't believe God can do anything. It's that we sometimes limit what we can, what we believe he can do for us personally because of what we've seen growing up, who we've been around, whatever. And so I was talking to Pastor Brian about this in the car last night. I said, it's interesting how we believe we have an unlimited God, but then we actually can, uh, without knowing it, put ourselves into a poverty mentality by our expectation. So how crazy is it to have an unlimited God and then not believe he can do unlimited things, not just for anyone, for you. And that, that to me is crazy that we know we have an unlimited, all sufficient God, but we don't believe he could do unlimited, all sufficient things for us personally. And maybe you've, uh, good morning, Ben. Love you, buddy. Uh, maybe, maybe you've been in a position where you've heard somebody make a comment. You know, I was laughing, listening to my cousin preach one time. He said, you know, a pastor was saying to him, you know, that, well, that store right there is an expensive store. So we don't shop in there. Or you hear somebody say that restaurant, man, that's an expensive restaurant. We don't eat in there. That's too expensive. It's too expensive. And you think to your, you know, and he, in that case, he actually asked them, why, how much does it cost? How much is the stuff in there? How much is the restaurant cost to eat there? Well, we don't know. We've never been in, but we just have heard it's very expensive. So listen to this. Let me break it down. Somebody is saying, we don't shop in there because it's too expensive. We don't eat there. It's too expensive. But then while they're saying that, they don't even know how expensive it is. So they're making a confession about something that could not happen for them, but they don't even know the level to which they're rejecting whatever it is that they're, whether it's a store, restaurant, whatever it might be, property. Oh, we could never buy a house in that neighborhood. That that's an expensive neighborhood. Oh, really? How much are houses in that neighborhood? Well, I don't know. We've not checked, but I'm telling you that's, that's an upscale community. Literally, they don't even know how much houses are in that neighborhood. They don't know how much it costs to eat at that restaurant. They don't know what it costs to shop at. And I'm using very surface things because let me say something. Uh, you're never going to launch into a ministry level of doing something for your ministry or your business. If, if even the surface level things, you, you understand what I mean? If even the surface level things are not handled. You know, my father uh, has preached for years. The Lord dealt with him one time and said to him, which one is greater, souls, the souls of men and women on the earth, or money, which is a greater thing, the souls of men and women or money? And he said, well, obviously, Lord, souls are greater than money. And the Lord asked him a couple times that question. And then the Lord responded and said this, if you can't believe me 
for money, which is the lesser thing. How could you ever believe me for souls, which are the greater thing? You know, it's funny. It's like my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth has said so many times. There's so many people believing to go to Timbuktu, but they've never been to Timbuk one. <laughs> Can't go to Timbuktu if you've never been to Timbuk one. There is an order. You know, for example, how could you ever believe to provide for other people's families if you can't even have the faith to provide for your own family? You see what I mean? There is an order, but people will look at things and say, well, that's too great for me. That's too great for me. Ask yourself, which is greater, souls or money? Just like the Lord asked my father. And he answered, souls are greater. But see, if you don't have faith for a lesser thing, you'll not have faith for a greater thing. So that's why I'm dealing with more surface level things at the beginning here. Obviously, God wants to do greater things for your life than have you eat at nicer restaurants and shop at nicer stores. That's surface. It's very surface. But understand, God loves you and wants you to have the best. Why in the world would... would, would we be able to look through the earth and see wicked people who have the best while God's children struggle through with stuff that's barely getting by. It's not right. It's not right. We have an all sufficient God. They are sons of the devil. I want you to think about that. Wicked people are sons of the devil. It's not right that sons of the devil be walking around in greater things and the sons of God in lesser when we have the provider. We've got a covenant connection to the all-sufficient one, the provider. How can a son of the devil, see that's why, and I want you to hear this because I've received a couple of words and maybe we'll play them at some point on the broadcast, but I've received a few different words And I can remember, I believe it was last year that Dr. Rodney Howard Brown gave a word to my wife and to me as we were on the front row at Ministers and Leaders Conference. And he began to speak about how the blessing of the Lord was coming upon our ministry, coming upon our ministry, coming upon our ministry. He said it would be so supernatural that people wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't understand it. He made a funny comment by the spirit, but he said, people think you have a money printing press in your basement. <laughs> and he said that, and that God would use that blessing to help us to reach uh, souls. And then I've had others. My, my, our pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, came down off the platform at the end of last year, middle of last year, gave us a word, laid hands on us, power of God hit us. He said, get ready because your ministry is getting ready to increase uh, so rapidly. And of course, that lined right up with what the Lord spoke to us through last year, violent increase. And it did. Word came to pass. Before I left on this last trip, as Bishop Rick Thomas gave the word of the Lord, came down off the platform and I was just going to greet him. He was leaving. He was, wasn't ministering. He was going out the door and I just tell him I love him. And he stopped and the Holy Ghost came on him. And he said, lift your hands. I lift my hands. He began to prophesy. He said, there's a, an anointing of increase like you've never seen that's coming upon your ministry, an anointing of prosperity. This is the first half of the word he gave. He said, there's an anointing of prosperity 
that's coming upon your ministry that'll be unlike anything you've ever seen or others have seen. And then he gave the second half, which is what I'm going to talk to you about in a second. He said, and number two, when it hits, don't apologize to anybody for the level of increase that's coming upon your ministry or your life. Don't apologize. This is a key, by the way. This is a key for everybody watching. Don't apologize to any man or to any woman for the good things God is doing in your life. Let me break it down here for a second and say this. Imagine you apologizing for your covenant blessing, your covenant prosperity. Well, remember this. It's all wrapped up in one thing, what Jesus did by his blood on the cross. It's part of redemption. It's part of your covenant package. So in the same way, can you imagine if you apologized for your covenant blessing, that would be just as ridiculous as apologizing that you have divine healing in your body. Can you imagine going around apologizing to people that you're not getting sick? I'm sorry that this Corona is going around and I'm not getting it. I just, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I, I don't, can you imagine how ridiculous apologizing to people because you've not gotten Corona? Um, you know, I know it's been touching a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't touched me. I'm sorry. I, I, I I'm not going to apologize for my covenant healing, for my divine right to health. <laughs> he shed his blood, took stripes upon his back. And by those stripes, we were healed. I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for divine health. That's insane. And just as crazy as it would be to apologize for your health, your divine health, it's just as crazy to make excuses for your divine covenant prosperity or increase or provision. Can you imagine how crazy it would be to apologize for your covenant of righteousness? Can you imagine going around saying, man, I know there's sinful people in the world, but you know, I'm sorry. I just can't seem to sin. I don't know why I'm not sinning. I, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I've got this righteousness and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in sin. I I'm sorry, man. I just, I don't know what's going on with me. I just, I'm just living right. That's crazy that, and we look at that people are laughing in the comments section. We look at that as crazy. You wouldn't apologize for your covenant of righteousness. You wouldn't apologize because you have a holy lifestyle before the Lord. You wouldn't apologize because your sins have been forgiven. Can you imagine apologizing because he removed them from your life as far as the East is from the West. And then some sinner comes up to you. Notice you don't sin. What's up with that? How come you're, what's up with this, all this righteousness? What's up with all this holiness? Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm just, I, I can't see. That's crazy. We would never apologize for a righteous lifestyle. We would never apologize for holiness. And in the same way, we would never apologize for divine healing or divine health. Never. It's a covenant. And in the same way, which is what I'm encouraging you, don't apologize for your covenant prosperity. And I know there's preachers out there today that even if they do still talk about provision and increase and the abundance of God or whatever, they've even quit using the word prosperity 
because it's now got some sort of negative connotation. Well, the prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel. And you know, people have tried to uh, throw that term on it like it's, like it's a cuss word, the prosperity gospel. You're preaching that prosperity gospel. There is no such thing as the prosperity gospel. There's just the gospel. And the Bible uses the word prosperity and prosper. Why would I be ashamed to use words and, you know, terms that the Bible uses, that the Holy Spirit used? And of course, we know as we translate them into our language, that's what it means. And so Bishop said, don't be ashamed of it and don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. And I refuse. And I'm not ashamed to use the word prosperity. I don't care if people try to label me. There already people have already tried to do it. I don't care. I don't need everybody to like me, just the right people. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't need everybody to like me. I'm not running for any kind of office. I don't need votes. I'm not looking for votes. I just need the right people to like. Who are the right people, you might ask? The people God sends to be in relationship with me. I thank God for every one of you that are watching. God connected us together. You know, people, if they get on, they get mad on this broadcast. They don't stay long. They're not going to stay on this broadcast coming back day after day after day. But you do because God's connected us. And I thank God for that connection. I thank God for you. I, I get happy greeting you in the comments every single day. When I see you log on, makes me happy. Makes me excited to see your name pop up on the screen. Because every day you're on there. Every day you pop up. And I see your name makes me happy. And then I get to see you in person and I get even happier. Amen. Because God's connected us together. That's the, that's the power of covenant relationship that we're the victory tribe. And I, you know what? I don't apologize for that. And neither should you, neither should you. And so we're not going to apologize for our covenant blessing. I look at all these names coming up right now. I love you, man. I love you. And, um, so that was number two. Then number three, as we've been, what have we been confessing? What have we been confessing? That 2021 is going to be a year we're going to run. That's your story and mine in Jesus' name. That's your story and mine. We're going to run in 2021. And so uh, I've been expecting great things, you know. And, um, and so when we went down to Danville, Virginia, we were ministering, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was Wednesday night, and Tiff, you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I think that first word that Pastor Bill felt to give was on Wednesday night of the revival. And he gave that word and the Lord uh, spoke to him. Now I want you to hear this because here's what, what really the Lord dealt with me about. And Pastor Bill and Sharon, I love them. And they're often on the broadcast. They'll log on and say hi. A lot of times Pastor Bill put some uh, wisdom in the comment section. He'll add some things and I'll read them to you guys. Pastor Bill's a man of faith you know, during this entire thing, never shut their church down, held a parking lot church for a few weeks, never shut down. Power God hit them. Best year they've had finances up church blessed. They, they've, they've, uh, you know, just people of faith, people of faith. He actually told me this, which was encouraging to me. He said it blew his mind that during all this stuff that was happening last year, he was turning people on that used to be faith people. And he said, I was blown away. He said, people that used to preach faith were jumping ship. They were gone, man. They quit preaching faith and everything. Quit preaching faith. He said, I could, he said, I was, 
people I thought would have been st sticking to the faith message jumped off the ship. And he said, then we turned you on. And I knew that you remember this and I, you knew the Lord told us to do it. He said, then we turned you on. And he said, it was like a confirmation. He said, because the Lord had told us to preach on a spirit of faith. He said, we turn your broadcast on. He said, what are you doing? A series on the spirit of faith. And y'all remember that we went 25 straight days, twice a day on the spirit of faith. Lord told us to 25 straight days. We still have the, uh, the playlist up for you in YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel. The spirit of faith sessions are still there waiting on you to binge watch. And so we did 20. And he said, when the Lord, when I saw that, he said, I knew that the Lord uh, was raising up people that were not afraid. And of course, we're not ashamed or afraid of the, the message of faith. And so we spoke that and God used it. Well, he spoke and he's been watching more than ever. And, and he was giving us, uh, you know, he was logging on and, and, you know, commenting and everything. So one day I was talking and I was, I was talking about something and he said, I was watching you on your broadcast. And he said, you were talking about operating in your measure of faith, which obviously is something we need to do. Paul taught that. You don't go outside your measure of faith. You do what you can do in your faith. So uh, he said, I was watching you and you made a comment and you said, you said that, you know, as you grow, and of course you talked about being on TV, by the way, this week, starting Thursday, Miracle Word Television launches. And so this is the week. I think we should throw our hands up in the comment section and give God praise God opened the doors around the world and Miracle Word Television launches on Thursday of this week, Thursday. I love that it's launching during the fast, during times of fasting and prayer. And uh, we're going to see more souls saved than we ever have. And thank you, Jesus. Uh, Miracle Word TV is going on live this week. So I was talking about the fact that many of my uh, family members are already on television and have been on television. My father's been on for, what, two decades now or more. My uncles, my cousin. And I said, you know, the Lord never told me to go on television. So if I did it in my own strength or power, guess what? I would be outside of my measure of faith because the Lord never told me to do it. And then I mentioned another thing. I said, there's ministers out there that have planes. And I said, you know, uh, they have those planes and thank God they have them. They need them. They need them. I'll, you'll never hear this preacher bad-mouthing other preachers for the level of blessing they walk in. I'll never, you'll never hear it. Because anything you criticize, you can't have. I want you to put that in the comments section. Anything I criticize, I cannot have. Anything I criticize, I cannot have. Get that. Anything you speak against, you'll never enter into. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, that, that's not me saying that guys, that's a biblical principle. Any, forget the thing I said before, anything I criticize, I cannot say it this way. Anything I speak against, I cannot enter into because that's truly the biblical principle. I read it this morning. And if you're joining us in the 90 days of Bible reading, reading the entire Bible in 90 days, you read it today too, if you've done, done today's reading. You read it today. Anything I speak against, I cannot enter into. 
anything I speak against, I cannot enter into. You've heard me say many times about how the 12 spies went into Canaan to spy out the promised land. You've heard me many times talk about the fact Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back with a report of faith and the other 10 came back with a report of what the Bible calls an evil report. They contradicted God's word. But do you hear this? Now listen, it's interesting to me that when they came back and the assembly believed their report, the Bible teaches, you go to the book of Numbers and you read this for yourself. The Bible teaches that uh, when they came back, those that spoke evil and those who believed their report, they were not allowed to enter into the promised land. They had to die in the wilderness. So the, and the Bible says only Joshua and Caleb entered into the promise. Only them, not even Moses was able to enter into the promise. The assembly believed what was evil. And for every person that believed what was evil and spoke against it, we can't do it. There's giants in the land. They're bigger than us. They're mightier than we. Every individual that spoke against the promise was not allowed by God to enter into the promise. Hear this. Hear what I'm telling you. Anything you speak against, you cannot enter into. And so you'll never hear me speak against blessing. You'll never, I don't care. I don't care what level it is. I don't care what level it is. I don't care what somebody's operating in, what they have or what they're doing. I don't care. You'll never hear me criticize any minister, any believer for the level of blessing in which they walk. Because I'm not going to cancel myself out of what God has for me in this ministry. I will not. And so I said on that broadcast, I said, there's other ministers that have planes and they have jets. And I said, thank God for that. They need it for what they're doing. And I said, at this point in my ministry, I don't need it, but I will one day and I'll have it. Well, he said, I'm talking about pastor Bill Motley. He said, when I was watching your broadcast and you said that, He said, it jumped up in my spirit. He said, I felt that urgency come on me. And he said, the Lord said to me, tell him it's not a luxury. It's a need. And he does need it. Now I didn't say that. I didn't say that. The Lord said it to him and and he was watching and he said, tell him he does need it. It's not a luxury. It's a need. And so while we were in the revival, um, After I was done preaching one night, the Holy Ghost came on him and Pastor Bill took the microphone and began, he began to give us a word and uh, he began to, it was on Tuesday night of the revival and he, and he stood, he stepped, he said, the Lord says, and they gave us all these different words. He talked about a book, a book that we'll write. He talked about, talked about things that God will use Carolyn to do and God's raising her up as well in a mighty anointing, power uh, and influence. And then he said, and tell him, and he spoke this during Tuesday night. He said, and tell him, I have jets coming to him. I mean, that's the Holy Ghost. Cause I didn't say it. I wasn't even confessing it. And he, and he gave me that word. And there was 
a correction, even to my thinking, where he said, it's not a luxury, it's a need. He said, for I'm getting ready to do things through you that I won't be able to wait for you to wait until the next time or wait until the next thing you can book via commercial, whatever. Then I begin to think about this. I begin to think about this. If they really are trying to begin to limit people's travel and limit people's access uh, to travel, and they don't want you flying on commercial airlines. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not prophesying. I'm saying, what if, what if the devil had a plan via these COVID passports and all these new apps they're going to release so that your app has to be scanned before you can board a plane or do whatever it might be, or you can't travel on Delta, or you can't travel on American airlines, or you can't travel on United unless we see that your COVID passport is up to date. And we know you've had the, the right amount of, of vaccinations because now do you know what they're showing? When you look at the card, people, you know, they're giving people a card you can put in your wallet. You know what, you know what they're saying? It doesn't say you've received your vaccination. Do you know what it says? You've received your first dosage. That's what it says. So now what's it going to be an ongoing process? You've received your first dosage of the vaccination. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to use that to keep us under control to where we can move around or can't move around, can go to work, can't go to work, can cross state lines, can't cross state lines, can get on a plane, can't get on a plane, whatever these things are. What, what are they, what are they going to try to do? And I've already seen the app that, I mean, several people have texted me the app that it's not just like one company, it's the governmental agencies and health departments coming together uh, to work with these apps to show through your phone whether or not you've got it. So what are they going to try to do? Limit if preachers can go preach, if people can go do what they want to do and do what God's called them to do. And the Lord, and the Lord actually put that thought in my spirit. He said, what if I'm raising you up right now with these, uh, with the ability to do this so that you won't be hindered in going where I'm calling you to go? Amazing. And so it's not the first. And what people didn't know is I was already looking into that stuff by faith. I was already having, and and, uh, people on our staff can tell you, and Pastor Brian Wright can tell you because Pastor Brian's on our board. And I talked to, he he and our staff are the only people I talked to about it. And it was, it was before this, it was in December. And I believe it might've even been back into November. I had our staff looking into quotes. I had things going on. I talked to Pastor Brian. That's it. So nobody knew, not one person knew what was going on except the Lord, my staff, and Pastor Brian, who's on our board. And I said, start looking for it. And then this word comes. Pastor Bill knew nothing about the fact we were looking at this stuff already. Nothing. Knew nothing about it. Well, I mean, I want you to think about it. I mean, how, and I, I got to practice what I preach even to you guys. I can't be, so you got to believe by faith. You got to step out by faith. So I'm not going to sit here and preach to you and not step out by faith myself. So I said, I said to them, I said, um, I'm happy. And of course they called me on, what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And they said, Hey, we feel this revival supposed to go on. We feel this revival supposed to go on. And so that was the, now listen to this, listen to the sequence of events. That is the night after that word came to me. So Tuesday night, 
I got that prophetic word, which by the way, I receive 100%. I told them, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Carolyn, who was watching the broadcast, said, I receive it from here. Tell them I receive it in Jesus' name. So I receive it by the Holy Ghost fully. The night after I get that word from the Holy Ghost, now the Holy Ghost is leading them to extend the revival. Well, obviously, if we're extending the revival, then guess what? You got to change all your flight arrangements. You got to change your flight arrangements. So we were going to do that. And then that night in the service and when, on Wednesday night, Pastor Brian's back and I laid hands on him and the Holy Ghost hit him. And he said, as he was going out uh, in the Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Ghost said, have Brother Ted come over to the church on Sunday night and hold a miracle service. Okay. Well, now I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to be in the place I held the revival all week. So now I'm going from Virginia to North Carolina. So now even if we did change the flight arrangements, now I got to change uh, where I'm flying from. So I felt this. I said, how many times am I going to have to get a word? How many times is God going to have to speak before I hear what he's saying? And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. When God speaks to you, hallelujah, when God speaks to you, you don't just say, oh, that's wonderful. I received that. I can't wait till the day God does it. You don't receive a word like that. You don't say, well, thank God for that word. Wow, that's powerful. I'm going to sit on the couch and wait to see if that manifests. No. What, what have I been preaching about Elijah uh, this whole beginning of the year and end of last year? After you hear the sound of an abundance of rain, then you pursue the word you get. The way to properly respond, and I actually did a whole broadcast on this, how to respond to a prophetic word. How to respond to a prophetic word. You don't just hear it and say, well, thank God, that'll just manifest one day. No, no, absolutely not. And so what do you do? You pursue that word. You pursue that word. And so what did we do? I said, how many times am I going to have to hear these words about the fact God's blessing our ministry, increasing our ministry? And so, you know, what's awesome to me, and I've got no qualms about this. And obviously none of you do that are connected to this ministry. <laughs> you, you are, you're like some of the best people I, I've ever met. You're some of the most like Holy ghost expectant people I've ever met. And so literally I said, I'm not going to wait around. We already have to change the flight arrangements and God's already been specific about what he's going to do in our ministry. So do I believe it or do I not believe it? Do I believe it or do I not believe it? And so I said, you know, I don't even know what it would be. Like I, you know, from here going home, I have, I don't even have any idea. So I said, you know what? Call right now and let's schedule it. I said, I'm going to, I'm not just going to say, well, thank God for the word. I believe the word. And I'm going to step out on the word, hallelujah, and I'm going to pursue the word and I'm going to see it come to pass. And so I said, you know what? Uh, because I do. And here's the other thing. I was so excited. Now I can leave Danville, Virginia on Sunday morning. I can go to Pastor uh, Brian Wright's church on Sunday night over in North Carolina. And then instead of having to wait till Monday to drive all the way to Charlotte to try to catch a commercial flight, I can finish that preaching at that, which we did last night, finish preaching that meeting, drive straight to a regional executive airport, get on that plane, go straight home and hug my babies and kiss my wife and get in bed and then come on the broadcast with you this morning and preach the gospel. And so let me tell you something. We said, you know what? We're already changing it anyway. So we're going to just go ahead and book the plane. You can put it up if you want to. I don't care. I said, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and book it. And so we did. And on last night, and there we are. That's my first 
private flight of my ministry, of this ministry, and there'll be many more to come. That's Pastor Brian Wright, if you don't know who he is, of Boomerang Church, and he's on our board. And I said, we're going to revival. I'm coming to the church. I'm preaching the Holy Ghost meeting. We're going to go straight to the regional airport. I'm getting on that plane. I'm going straight home. And thank you, Jesus. I drove, I preached. We had a Holy Ghost meeting, went straight from the Holy Ghost. We laid hands on everybody in the church. Power of God fell. And I got straight in the car. Me and Pastor Brian drove straight to the executive airport. I got on the flight. It's already done. You know what I love? No security checkpoints, no masks, nobody yelling at you on the flight. Pull your mask up. You're sipping your Starbucks too slow. You need to get your mask on. Nobody giving you a hard time. Hallelujah. Nice pilot. One of the nicest people I've ever met. My pilot's name was Adam. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Jumped on. He said, man, you ready to go? He said, I'm ready when you're ready. They loaded our bags into the plane and I jumped on the plane, gave Pastor Brian a hug goodbye and jumped on and we were out. Hallelujah. And we were out. And just a little while later, landed back in Fort Lauderdale. My wife is sitting there with my kids on the runway with the truck, waiting to get me. My kids ran up to me on the tarmac, hugged me. Teddy jumped up into my, I posted on Instagram. Teddy jumped up into my arms and kissed me. He said, I missed you, dad. Thank you, Jesus, that I could preach twice on Sunday. Hallelujah. Preach twice on Sunday and have a Holy Ghost meeting in the morning, Holy Ghost meeting in the evening, jump on a plane, be back home, kiss my children, sing my son to bed. Hallelujah. Sing him to sleep. I sung him to sleep. And he, he was out cold. And get in my bed with my wife and then be on the broadcast this morning. You know what I'm thankful for the, today? That I'm not somewhere right now at 11.23 a.m. in the morning trying to push my way through a busy airport in Charlotte, North Carolina. Trying to get on through, sweating through security. Trying to get on a plane to get back here. I, I skipped all that and I'm here with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't have to do a replay. I'm here with you. Thank you, Lord. And can I give you another thing? We didn't even think about it. And of course, obviously, it costs much more to fly privately than it does a commercial flight. But can I tell you that God provided every dollar supernaturally? Hallelujah. I don't have to like, you know, put it on a credit card and pay it off over the next three months. I wouldn't do it if that was the case. That's foolishness. But can I tell you something? I didn't even have to raise an offering for it. I have to come on the broadcast and say, we really believe uh, that God's calling us to fly private. Amen. We just want to, I didn't have to take the whole service. Let me tell you something. This is, and this is how it's going to be. Cause I told the Lord, it's the only way I want it to be. I didn't have to make last night's service at pastor Brian's about the fact that, well, you know, we have a, we're riding in a plane that's private and we just, you know, we need God to raise up people to stand with. I didn't have to do that. Didn't have to make that service about we fly private. We need you to sow a seed tonight uh, to give us. I didn't have to mention it. Hallelujah. Didn't have to mention it one time. This broadcast today doesn't have to be about the fact how many know we flew private home and God's moving us around the country and we just need you to sow a, a private flight seat. I don't have to do any of that. It's already paid for cash. God provided every dollar. It's done. It's done. We didn't have to mention it to partners in a newsletter. We didn't have to mention it to the church. I didn't even take the offering last night. Pastor Brian didn't even take the offering last night. Didn't have to be mentioned one time. God provided every dollar. It's done. It's paid. You know why? He's all sufficient. He's all sufficient. And that's just the beginning. That, that plane's nothing. That, and I thank God that's our first, but it'll be much greater than that.
It'll be much greater than that. That's a plane. By the way, let me make a distinction here. What you saw on the screen is a plane. That's not a jet. And God said through the Holy Ghost that jets are coming to you. So that's what he said. I didn't say it. The Holy Ghost said it. And so that's the beginning. That's me. Now I want you to see something. That's me saying to the Lord, I believe your word. You said it, Lord, and I receive it and I believe it. And so I'm going to pursue it and do what you said is going to come to pass. And look what happened. Look what happened. I did it in obedience. We booked it. And it was after we booked it, every dollar came in easily without me mentioning. Did you ever hear me mention it on this broadcast? Nope. Did you ever hear me mention it in a church service and say, we need to receive an offering right now? We're getting, nope, not once. Did I ever, did you ever receive a piece of mail from me or a magazine that says we, we're believing, you know, for you to sow a seed for that? Nope. Not that that's wrong. Nothing wrong with that. But I thank God that it didn't have to happen because I wanted this thing to be God's hand. I wanted it to be God's hand as a sign. And I said, Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith and believe you for it. It's going to come to pass. It won't even be hard. It'll be easy. And it couldn't have been easier than it was. I want you to hear me. It could not have been easier than it was. Didn't have to make any deal about it at all. And as we increase, I want you to hear this. As we increase, that's what I'm asking God to do. Is that just as easily as he did that, he'll just as easily do all the other things. You know what would be dumb? I don't want, and it would never happen. I would never allow it to happen. But you know what? A plane or flying that in that way would never take the place of other things. It's not going to take the place of our outreach or take the place of our feeding children or take the place of our being on television or take the place of doing crusade. That would be foolish. God will just add it in and it'll be just as easy. Hallelujah. I won't have to call pastors up and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to come, but if you don't mind, I need you to cover my jet fuel. If I, that'll never happen in Jesus' name. In the same way that it's never happened to where I've called, a, back when I drove to every meeting and said, oh, you know, we are going to come to your church, but we need you to cover the truck fuel. I, that's never happened. Never happened. And in the same way, this will never happen. It'll never happen. Then I'll say, well, we can come, but we need you to cover the jet fuel. It ain't going to happen. It's going to be just as easy in Jesus' name. And I'm believing that. It's going to be just as easy. Because if God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. And I'm going to pursue it. You know, I thought about this too. And remember what we're talking about today. We're talking about the fact that you can increase your blessing, your influence, your territory, what God does in you through fasting and prayer. What does that mean? If we get a mindset, that thing is not for me. This is what I'm teaching on today. If we get a mindset, that thing, that place, that store, that restaurant, that uh, ability to do that in ministry, the ability to do that in business is not for me. You just limited yourself from what God can do for you. And I want you to look, I mean, you go all the way back to the book of Exodus <clears throat> as God's people are getting ready to Exodus <laughs> to leave Egypt and God wanted to bless his people. He wanted to bless his people. But what did God say to them before they left Egypt? He said, I want you to go to your neighbor and I want you to borrow their gold and silver. <laughs> I want you to borrow their gold and silver. Now, let me ask you a question. 
Do you honestly think, do you honestly think God had any plans whatsoever of paying the Egyptians back? (laughs) I mean, really, do you, do you honestly think (laughs) that God made, had any plans? It's in Exodus 12. I want you to see this. I'm going to read it to you. Exodus chapter 12. But what I'm, what I'm pointing out to you is their mindset. It's their mindset. This is what I want you to see. Exodus 12 and verse 36. Listen. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked for. Go before that. Verse 35. The people of Israel had also done as Moses had told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry. It's so funny to me. (laughs) I mean, do you honestly think? Do you honestly think that God planned to pay them back? No. Because look at the word he uses. They got favor. (laughs) I mean, okay, imagine this. Imagine the context. They're all slaves. I mean, before this day, these people are beating their backs and making them make bricks, you know, and just treating them harshly. They're slaves. Now, imagine those slaves come up to your house and knock on the door and they're in slave clothing and, you know, looking like slaves. And you know that they're the Israelites and you're the Egyptians. And the slave looks at you and says, Hey, could I have all your silver and gold jewelry? (laughs) Could could I have all your silver and gold jewelry? Absolutely. I mean, like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. In what context is that ever going to happen? Had to be a miracle. The slaves come to the masters. Can we have your silver and gold jewelry? Uh, sure. Wait right here. Let me go get it all. And look what the Bible says. And they found, well, the Lord had given them favor in their sight and they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Somebody go to dictionary.com so that those that are watching that want to see a deep understanding meaning of what they did to the Egyptians, put the definition copy paste into the comments of the word plundered or plunder use plunder. Because we think we know what it means. We act like we know what it means. But put the exact definition of the word plunder. And I'm going to show you another verse of scripture. Um, Show you another scripture in the book of Psalms. Psalm 105. As somebody's putting that in the comments, Psalm 105 is talking about the same story leaving Egypt to plunder, to steal goods from a place or person, typically using force and in a time of war or civil disorder. So God had a plan to strip them. I want you to think about this. Typically using force by force, by force. So catch this. God took from them Hallelujah. Took from them by force. (laughs) But here's the funny thing. 
First, by doing it, he gave them favor in their sight so they would do it. Because at that moment in time, and, and literally at that, in the context of still being in Egypt, the Israelites didn't have an army. They didn't have a force to go in by, with weapons and steal. They weren't pirates. They didn't have the ability to take weapons and go into their homes and take their stuff. And so God gave them favor. And by force, they took it. God did. The force was his favor. <sighs> Hallelujah. Catch this. Because let me ask you a question. Did the Israelites have any weapons? Nope. Did they go in with threats? Nope. How did they go in? He said, just ask them. Just ask them. Just ask them. So here's the deal. Did they have to steal it? No, they didn't have to steal it because they asked for it. And so what did God do? The force was his favor. Glory to God. The force was his favor. They didn't have to steal. They said, can we have it? Yes. The only reason they said yes, as you can clearly see, is because the Lord made it so. And in this way, the Bible says, he plundered Egypt. Glory to God. Took their, listen, by the time God was done with his plagues, he had destroyed their crops, destroyed their land. Locusts ate everything. There were frogs everywhere. I mean, he turned the Nile to blood. I mean, all kinds of stuff. He plundered them. He destroyed them, plundered them, and left them barren and left God's people blessed. Glory to God. Now look at Psalm 105 and verse 37. The Bible says, and then he, meaning God, and then he brought out Israel with silver and with gold. That was his plan all along. And there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Another translation says, uh, there was not a feeble one among them. Not a feeble one, not a weak one, not a sick one. They came out strong. They came out healed. That was Psalm 105 and verse 37. Glory. Now look at this. I'm going to take you back to where I'm, what I'm talking about. It's in Exodus uh, chapter 3. Look at Exodus chapter 3, and this is where I want to get to today. I thought this was interesting. Obviously, they would not have given it to them if they thought they were taking it away from them. And the King James, the New King James, the Bible says, uh, and every, every uh, woman shall uh, borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. Put them on your sons. Do you honestly think that the taskmasters in Egypt would have just handed over all their silver and their gold and just given it to the slaves if they thought they were completely running away with it, never coming back again. And see, it's an interesting thing 
because uh, the Egyptians had them in slavery for so long. Now, here's what I want to get is that they developed in them a poverty mentality, a slave mentality. Oh, we couldn't have silver. We couldn't have gold. We're slaves. They're masters. We couldn't have that. We couldn't live like that. And so what do they do? Just by default, and they know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but just by default, they didn't believe. Why would you have to borrow something? Because in your mind, you couldn't actually have it. You have to borrow it. You have to borrow it. And see, this is what the Lord dealt with me after Pastor Bill Motley gave me the word. And the Lord said, do you know many of my children, they limit what I can do in their life not because they don't believe I'm unlimited, not because they don't believe I'm all sufficient, not because they don't believe I'm the provider. It's that they don't believe I could take them to those levels. They don't, they believe I could do it for others maybe, but not for them. That's why people say, well, we don't eat at that restaurant. It's too expensive in there. We don't shop there. It's too expensive in there. Well, you know that, that neighborhood, I wouldn't buy a house in there that houses are too expensive in there. And they don't even know how much it costs. They don't know how much it costs, uh, to eat at that restaurant. They've never been into Ruth's Chris steakhouse and ordered from Ruth's Chris. They've never been into Capitol grill. Oh, that's an expensive restaurant. We don't eat in there. How much does it cost? Well, I don't know, but it's just very, they've never been in there. They've never been into that store. Oh, Louis Vuitton. I've never, I I could never have that. And they don't even know, you know, it's interesting. They, uh, they say, well, that those houses in there, but you know what? They've never gone in and even looked at a house. They've never even said, well, how much are those? I don't know. I just know that's an upscale neighborhood. We could never live in there. That's just, you know, that's, that's, that's too high. They don't even know. They don't even know, you know, I felt, I felt convicted because, uh, I mean, I honestly did. Pastor Bill gave me that word and I had already had them start looking at quotes, but do you know, I felt convicted because I knew the Lord would, would move us there eventually, but I felt convicted because, uh, I had only recently looked at chartering uh, planes and the, the, the cost of chartering flights, but I had never, never looked at the cost of buying a plane never. And the Lord spoke this to me and he said, and I talked to pastor Brian about this last night. He said, um, why do you think my people do that? He said, why do you think they don't even go look at those homes? He said, why do you think they don't even go to a showing and walk through it and look at it? He said, why do you think they never even go look at those cars or whatever it might be surface level stuff? He said, because they assume, get this in your spirit. They assume that they could never have it. Get this. Oh, he's an unlimited God. He's all sufficient. He can do anything. He's a miracle worker, but they assume. And that's why I felt convicted because even though I said, well, yeah, I know one day God could do that for me. I know I didn't even go look at the price to buy a plane, you know, and it's not like I'm going to say something. It's not even like I'd be the first person in our Shuttlesworth family to have a plane because my grandfather owned planes as a pastor. And this literally, I can, and I can say this because people didn't preach the prosperity message like this back then. It wasn't preached all over the place back, back, in, back in the, uh, you know, there, there weren't people that have adopted it uh, wholeheartedly uh, in the body of Christ not like they have in 2021, you go back to 1970, 
1960. There were only a handful of people that were preaching it even. You can go back and probably count on one hand who was talking about this stuff in the 1950s. Oral Roberts. You know what I'm saying? Oral Roberts. <laughs> I mean, we thank God for Brother Hagin. But there were only a handful of people in the 60s. 70s, Dr. Fred Price, Brother Hagin, Oral Roberts, Seed Faith. There, there was only a handful. It wasn't everybody. A.A. A. Allen. I mean, A.A. A. Allen was blessed. People don't even know how blessed. He was massively blessed. But now, the revelation, we have, uh, you know, it's, it's talked about far more than ever before. But back then, nobody would talk about that. And so my grandfather, I want you to hear this. My grandfather caught a lot of persecution in his day as a pastor because he drove around in a Cadillac as a pastor. How dare you drive around in a Cadillac as a pastor? And people wonder how in the world did a pastor get a Cadillac? I'm sure people thought he was crooked, but didn't even know that God spoke to a man. I want you to hear this testimony. God spoke to a man who owned a car dealership and said to my grandfather, I want you to come down to the dealership and I'm going to let you have a Cadillac. He said, you take that thing. It's yours. You drive for a whole year. He said, when you're done with it, bring it back to me, turn it into me. I'll sell it. I'll give you another one that's new. And then every year, my grandfather would go down to that dealership. I feel the anointing on, my, on myself right now. I'm just telling you, just telling these stories of, 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 of testimonies of the past. I feel the anointing because God's getting ready to do it for you. I said, God's getting ready to do it for you. Don't be the person who assumes it can never happen. Don't be the person who assumes not for me. That's not for me. He's your God too. Hallelujah. Put it in the comments section. He's my God too. He's not just the God of Abraham. He's not just the God of Isaac. He's not just the God of Jacob. He's not just the God of Oral Roberts. He's not just the God of Kenneth Hagin. He, write it in the comments. He's my God too. He's my God too. He's my God too. I look back and they criticized my grandfather. Oh, preacher driving a Cadillac. Oh, Preacher got, oh, he must, who is this preacher think he is driving around in a Cadillac? They don't even know it was put in his hand. <sighs> Come on. It was put in his hand. It's God. That's who's blessing this preacher. God. It's not about a man. It's about what God does. Oh, preacher got a Cadillac, does he? Yeah. If you have a problem with that. Go back and look at Dr. Fred Price in the 90s and the 80s driving around South Central LA in a Rolls Royce. People mad at him. Oh, a preacher's got a Rolls Royce. Yeah, but you don't have a thing to say about every cartel leader, drug dealer, rap artist driving around in a Rolls Royce. You see what I mean? It's stupid. But we've got a God that can't do that. Well, we don't need that. I'm going to deal with that in a minute. Okay, so Cadillac. And then my grandfather, especially when he pastored in West Virginia, he owned planes. Put that picture of that plane back up. Put that picture up. That, a plane just like that, my grandfather owned planes just like that. Owned them. 
didn't rent them, didn't lease, owned them, and had a new one, I believe, every year. Thank you. Had a new one every year. Kept it out at the airport. Had it hangered or tied down. I don't know which. I flew with him in it when I was a boy. He said, you want to go up in the airplane? Yes. I wouldn't even be the first Shuttlesworth. It's not like I'm breaking new ground. He already did it all those years ago when prosperity wasn't even preached like that. You hear what I'm saying? And so I want you to, I I felt convicted because I was like, hold on. I haven't even, I never even priced it. Why though? Here's the question. Why? Why? Is it because I believed maybe assumed? See, because it gets, it becomes an automatic thing. I'm not actively saying, well, I don't think God could do that for me. I know he can. I know he will. But what was the reason I'd never even pursued to look? Was it because our minds in the natural are trained to think that level's not for me? That level's not for us. That kind of a house is not for me. That kind of a business I could never own. That kind of a ministry I could never have. Are we trained in the carnal realm of thinking in a way that it just, it couldn't be for me? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And the devil would love to put a poverty mentality on us. And we break it by fasting and prayer. Because see, when you, uh, when you get into fasting and prayer, you start to limit the carnal nature and the spirit man is more uh, released, active or alive in a way. Not alive as for you're more saved, but what I'm saying is you're more aware of the spirit. You can clearly hear the spirit. And then what happens? You begin to see and have the mind of Christ. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you have the mind of Christ, as a spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon you, as you're in prayer, as you're in the word, as you're in fasting, your faith begins to grow. Zach said, God did that for us last year. He's in a new home. Zach's in a new home. But how many times, and I'm not asking him necessarily, but how many times, and he lives in a nice home. I've been in it. I've been in it. Nice home. But I mean, if you asked him, and he sent us testimonies of what God's done in increase. But how long could it have been? We said, well, you know, we couldn't have a house like that. Not at our age, not at our position. We, we couldn't live in a house like that. We couldn't have a house like that. See, that's the kind of thinking. Yeah. Zach said, had us looking at a house that we had no business buying. And then God made it available. And now they're in it. Now they're in it. Hallelujah. Now they're in it. Glory to God. I could sit here and give you the testimony about the house God gave us a couple years ago. And, and I'm telling you, something that was far beyond anything that we was, well, that, that's not for you. That's No, God did it. I mean, I could, I, you've heard me go through all the supernatural things that happened one after the other, and now we're in it. Now we're in it by the glory of God. Don't ever say, well, that's not for me. I couldn't do that. I couldn't have that. I couldn't go there. He's your God too. He's your God too. And there's nothing he can't do for you. Nothing, nothing. See, there's this, there's this mentality. We call it a poverty mentality, but could it be that it's not that we're saying God can't, it's just that our flesh has been so trained. That's not for us that we don't even look at it. That's a slave mentality. Well, I shouldn't look at silver and gold. I'm a slave. Slaves don't wear silver and gold. If you read my book, blood on the door, 
I finished the book and end it with a short story. It's a fictional story. People were asking me where, where that story was found in the Bible. It's fictional. I wrote it to kind of give you context of what it may have felt like to be a slave on the night of the first Passover. And so I write in there, you know, that they got that word from the Lord that we're supposed to ask our neighbors for the silver and the gold. And, and, and even the guy that was in the story thought to himself, what in the, what business do we have asking for silver and gold? And he goes back to his home and he sees the silver and gold sitting on the table that they've gotten from their neighbors and thought, ah, something's out of place. Slaves have no business walking around with silver and gold. That's the mindset. That's the mindset. Slaves shouldn't have silver and gold. And and that's what it is. The devil wants to make you think you can't and you shouldn't and you won't. But God is your God too. He's your God too. Don't say you can't and you won't and you shouldn't. You absolutely should because he's your provider. He's your more than enough. He's the all sufficient one. And he loves to bless his children. Loves to give good gifts to those that ask him. And so this started to convict me. Do we by default put God in a box because we don't even look? You know, I was talking to Pastor Brian as we were driving to the executive airport um, last night to jump on that plane. And he said even the Lord had been dealing with him and dealt with him and said, you know what? Start going to look at homes that you would say are out of your range or reach. Go test drive cars that you would say are out of your range or reach. I will enlarge my vision. I will enlarge my vision. I mean, in this, I want you to put it in the comments in this new year. I will enlarge my vision. Put it down and don't forget it. I will enlarge my vision. And as the spirit man is made alive, as the Holy Ghost is allowed to speak, you see, You have to break forward at some point. You have to go to a greater level at some point. Why not now rather than later? I will enlarge my vision. I will enlarge my vision. You know, I look at my uh, my nephew, Alex, who's watching right now. Alex Iaquinto that's watching the broadcast. I bet you money that if you told him a year ago, a year ago, or maybe a little bit more. Lily is on too. Lily and Alex, I bet you've told them a year ago that you'll have a program on YouTube where you're speaking to young people every week and that you'll be asked to speak to people in other nations. Like my, my, my nephew Alex just uh, spoke and was on a call, spoke I bet if you told him a year ago, you'd be speaking to people in other nations at the age of 16. He said, oh, come on. Uh, me? Speaking to other people in other nations and preaching preaching to people in other nations, uh, you know, via the internet at 16? I don't know. I bet if you told him, and Alex, you can put it in. I bet if you told him, he'd be like, what? What are you talking about? See, but God will quickly expand you. God is a God who knows how to quickly expand you. And he has the ability and the desire to do it. Pastor Bill said a moment ago in the comments, take the lid off. People put this lid on the top. Like I I can't go any further than this. Nobody in my family ever has. 
Nobody in my family's ever owned their own business. Nobody in my family's ever been able to keep a job. Nobody in my family's ever stayed married. We've had three, four marriages. I, you know, I'm sure mine will Take the lid off of what God is able to do for you. And he's able to do massive things, massive things. That's going to be our story in 2021. Get ready to run in 2021. We've begun the year that way. It's the beginning and we're already running. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to me that that manifested for our ministry in the first week to two weeks of the first month of the year. Isn't it interesting that we didn't get to that place like, my God, we got to the end and by the end of the year, we started chartering flights for our ministry. It didn't happen in November. It didn't happen in October. It happened in January, not at the end either, at the beginning. And I told you, I told you starting back in the fall to now, get ready to run in 2021. Get ready to run and that's gonna be your story. It's gonna be your story. Your business is gonna increase. Your ministry is gonna increase. Your family's going to increase. Your finances are going to increase. Your vision is key. It's not about what you believe God is capable of doing. It's about what you believe is possible for you. Can I say something before we pray? This is the same mindset that keeps people sick in the body of Christ. Because they say, oh, I believe he's a healer, of course. I believe he's a healer. But then where do they doubt? Oh, would he heal me? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. If, and that's, the, that's what the devil, all he has to do. God, the, listen to this. The devil doesn't have to get you to doubt that Jesus is a healer. All he has to doubt, get you to doubt, is whether or not he would heal you. See, because it doesn't matter if you see God healing other people. You can remain sick until you believe he'll heal you personally. It's not about a general God that we see in the ether. It's about a personal experience with a personal God who will bring personal things to pass. He's my God too. He's your God too. He's not just the God of my grandfather. He's not just the God of my father. He's not just the God of my uncles. He's not just the God of my cousins. He's my God too. And so the devil doesn't have to get you to doubt if God can, just if he will for you. But I want to finish by reading one verse of scripture in the book of Ephesians. You're familiar with it, but the word carries so much power that I'm going to read it to you again. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Listen, the Bible says, now to him. We're talking about God. Now to him who is able. Hallelujah. That's the first thing we ought to thank God for. He's able. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's able. Now to him who's able to do far more. I love that translation. ESV. To do far more. Abundantly. 
then all that we ask or think. Now, if you've got your Bible open or a Bible app on your phone or on your iPad or whatever, highlight that verse and underline it multiple times if you have to. Let it stand off the page to you. Now unto him who is able hmm, to do far more, glory to God, far more abundantly than all, not some of the things we ask or think, all that we ask or even think according to the power that works within us. How does he bring these things about? By the power that works within you, the Holy Ghost. So let me say this to you now. If that's what he does, hear me. If that's what he does, does it not make sense? Since we just read that he does far more abundantly, doesn't it make sense then that we would increase what we ask and what we think? Now imagine, if, if we're thinking, let's, let's see where my hand is on the screen. If we're thinking here, guess what? God will do abundantly more, so he may perform here. But watch what happens as you raise the level of what you ask and think. You see it. Now, when you thought down here, God was moving here. But the moment you, you thought here, look where God was moving previously. Look where you're asking and thinking now. Now look where God is. Now look where God is. Because the more you raise what you ask, and the more you raise what you think, the more he surpasses what you ask or think according to the power that works in you, the Holy Ghost. It's time to increase our thinking and asking. Put it in the comments before I pray. It's time to increase our thinking and our asking. It's time to increase our thinking and our asking. It's time to increase our thinking and our asking. Don't think the same. Don't think the same. Don't think the same. Not in 2021. Don't ask the same. Why are we focusing on asking? Because the Bible says we have not because we ask not. That's the reason. That's the reason. I mean, listen to me. That's the reason. We don't have because we don't ask. Let me say this. What if you were at a dinner? sitting at the table with eight other people. Okay, get this analogy. You're sitting at the dinner table with eight other people and the mashed potatoes are in the middle of the table and you're on the end and you want more mashed potatoes. Can you be mad or angry that nobody's passed them to you? If you've not asked anyone to pass the potatoes, I mean, you, how crazy would that be for you to just bust out at the table? 
I've been sitting here for 30 minutes and ain't nobody passed me the potato. They'd look at you like you were a nut job. Well, just ask then. We'll pass them to you. I've been waiting for the salt for 25 minutes. Nobody's handed me the salt. Ask for it. We'll hand it to you. We'll pass it down the table. We can't get mad that we don't receive something if we don't ask for it. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And you know why the people don't ask? People don't ask because they, by default, don't believe they could have. They don't believe by default that they could have. So they just don't ask. They just don't ask. I'm back to food analogies again. They just don't ask. And so I want you to hear this. In 2021, think bigger, ask bigger. Notice, when Jesus is talking about how God blesses his children, look what he says. Look what he says. Verse 11, Matthew 7, 11. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to who? I want, I want you to put in the comments the, the type of people he's given good things to. How does that verse end? How much more will he give good things to who? Those he loves? Those in the kingdom? To who? What does Matthew 7, 11 say? I'm waiting to see somebody put it in. He gives good things to those who? I'll wait. To those who ask him. Not to those who believe. To those who ask him. That's what the Bible says. Did you tie that together? He's not giving good things to everybody. Notice to who? To those who ask him. Hallelujah. So ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. That your joy may be full. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. The reason people don't have it they don't ask for it. Don't be mad if you don't have it, if you didn't ask for it yet. Make 2021 a year that you think bigger and ask bigger and watch what God's about to do. He's going to blow your mind. You know why? He's your God too. Glory to God. He's your God too. And I'm going to pray for every one of you that are watching today. This is the beginning of your explosion into 2021. You're going to see increase like you've never seen as you think and ask, expand your vision, expand your vision in this year. God's going to do it for you supernaturally. Father, I'm praying right now for every person that's watching or listening on the podcast. And I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that the power of God would come upon every one of us Enlarge our vision, enlarge our vision, what we can see supernaturally. Let us think at another level, our minds being renewed by washing of water by the word. 
And then as our minds are renewed and we think to the next level, let us then ask to the next level in Jesus name, put a faith in us to ask for things we've never asked for ever in the mighty name of Jesus. Never, never. And let this be a year that you blow our minds with your goodness. Make us more fruitful, more impactful, more efficient than we've ever been in one year. Lord, would you exceed what you've done through a combination of previous years in one year? Do it for us by the power of your spirit. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. If you believe that prayer and receive it, and you're going to ask bigger and think bigger, throw some fire in the comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, just shout wherever you are. You might be in the, at work. Scare somebody in the cubicle next to you and just declare it. I will receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I will receive it. It's going to be your year of explosive, explosive growth. You're running. You're running in 2021. Hallelujah. You're running in 2021. Listen, I'm encouraging you right now to sow a large seed that moves your faith. We are starting Thursday, as I said at the beginning of this broadcast, or I I guess we were into the middle. We're starting Thursday on television. God has opened the doors. And now we're going to be preaching the gospel around the world. Imagine this. Imagine this. God opened all these doors supernaturally. And now we're going to be declaring the word of the Lord around the world. Around the world. I'm not saying that, you know, by faith, it's already what's going to happen. We're launching in continents, not in a few homes, in continents. We'll be in all of Africa. We'll be in the UK, we'll be in the US, we'll be in the Caribbean, we'll be overseas by uh, Pakistan, Middle East, Philippines, here in the United States. I'm just telling you, it's going to be supernatural. God is doing it. We're going to disciple people all over the world. I want you to sow a seed. God's got big things planned for you. Financially, this year is going to blow your mind. I'm talking to the faithful now, not talking to everybody, talking to the faithful. And so I want you to take a step of faith right now on this Monday as we're in halfway through the fast, halfway through fasting and prayer and sow a seed. You can do it very easily. You can see on the screen, you can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed there on the website. And all the information, by the way, of how you can sow is also on the website. But if you want me to say it, if you're giving via cash app, the way to do that is dollar sign MW give. That's our cash tag. If you're on Venmo, we have the exact same username. It's just an at sign at MW give. You can use hashtag donate in the comments on Facebook, Periscope, and Twitter. And if you'd like to use PayPal from around the world, you can use PayPal as well. Our email address is on the screen for PayPal. All that information is on the website, miracleword.com. And then for those of you that like to mail a check, our address is there on the website as well at the bottom of every page on the website. P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. And then our office is still there. People have asked me, I notice you're in Florida, but your mailing address is Virginia. Our office is still there. 
And so we do have an office here and one there. And so that's how you can mail a check. And all checks are made payable to Miracle Word. And uh, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. I'm encouraging people to partner with us. Do you know, as we're getting ready to launch onto television, and that also is going to be easy. We're not going to struggle a bit, never have struggled. And not, we're not starting now. God's been adding partners to this ministry, people that will give largely. You know what's been interesting to me is the fact that God is attaching people to this ministry that will give it four and $500 a month. That's been interesting to me. That as we're moving towards television, we're seeing more people who are standing up at the four and $500 a month mark. People that are uh, willing to give $100 to $125 a week to see the gospel preached. I want you to do what the Lord is telling you to do. Maybe at this point you can stand with us at $85 a month, maybe a hundred a month, but do what God's speaking to you to do. You might be in a place where the Lord's telling you to do even more than those people have done and to do a thousand dollars a month from your business ministry or personally do it and watch God move financially in your life. Finally, somebody comes up with an Avenue that we actually don't have set up. Zell. Viola says, what about Zell? I don't think we have Zell set up, but we have everything else. And so I want you to sow a seed. For everybody that's sowing at least $85 this month, we're blessing you with this powerful book by Gloria Copeland entitled, God's Will is Prosperity. God's Will is Prosperity. We're going to send that to you as our gift to everybody that's sowing any seed of $85 or more. If you are sowing $1,000 or more this month, I'm going to include with that a signed copy of this Life Application Study Bible in genuine leather, one of my favorite new Bible study tools. This thing is complete. So many deep notes and commentary on scripture, timelines, uh, character profiles. This is an excellent tool and resource as you study the Bible. And uh, that's going to be my gift to you as well, along with uh, Sister Copeland's book on prosperity. For those that are sowing $1,000 or more, that's our, our way of saying thank you for partnering with this ministry, and, and we love you very much. Don't forget, listen to me now, tonight and every night this week and next week, Monday through Friday, we have breakthrough services that are going to be taking place at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Breakthrough services during these 21 days of fasting, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. It begins tonight through Friday, and then next week, Monday through Friday, at night as well. And we're going to stir your faith. I'm going to give you a word that's going to take you higher. We're building your faith. Next week, Carolyn is going on Faith Broadcasting Network, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, along with Miss Kelly Gilman, Pastor Jenny Raybert, Pastor Rhonda Spencer, and Pastor Nicole Crank. They're going to be together on Faith Broadcasting Network in Africa, the UK, the US, and all of their digital platforms. And you're not going to want to miss it. It's at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, every day. And it's going to be powerful. You're going to want to get in on that. The brand new book, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, is available on all platforms now. You can get it on paperback, on Kindle, you can order it from our store, shop.miracleword.com. We finally received our author copies. Uh, and if you want a digital ebook version, you can get it on Apple Books 
or Amazon Kindle, this book will help you immensely. This is by far uh, the most response we've ever gotten to any book we've released all around the world. I've been checking the stats on, Am on uh, Amazon. Amazing to me. This book will bless you. Uh, it's extremely in-depth. Everything you need to know, as the title suggests, it's a complete guide, truly, to biblical fasting. It'll show you everything you need to know. Uh, and it's very exciting that uh, it's available. I worked so hard to make sure it was out for the new year because I wanted it during this fast. And so many of you have already gotten it and have already read through it. Some people have started it for the second time. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you have read it, if you do have it, please leave me a review on Amazon.com. It helps me a lot to get the word out to people that are fasting and praying. And then we're going to randomly choose uh, some people that have done that and we're going to bless you with coffee. We're going to send it to you, uh, email it to you. Uh, and then also the brand new magazine is getting ready to ship in just really a few days. And it's free. And if you don't get this in the mail, I want to encourage you, go to miracleword.com uh, forward slash live, fill out the form, and we'll get it to you as soon as it's available. And those of you overseas, we will shoot you a digital copy of this so that you can be right on with us. Don't forget, we're in the middle of 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're reading the Bible in 90 days. We want you to join us, and we even created a reading plan for you. And, uh, and so you can go to miracleword.com forward slash study and download the reading plan for free. And there's other videos on that page that will help you study the Bible. We give you other resources. We show you the tools that we use. All of the different things are on that one page. So it's a total resource for your study time. It'll bless you. I love you so much. I, there's Kenny and Sonia Salt up in Canada. Love you guys. Thank you for fasting and praying with us. Brother Ken and Sonia, we love you guys a lot. Appreciate all you're doing for the kingdom. That's a powerful man of God right there. And um, so stay strong, stay on the fast, keep on praying, keep on fasting, keep on reading. God's blessing us. I've already had testimonies come back. Maybe we'll share some testimonies very soon on the broadcast. I'll be back tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, uh, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost breakthrough service tonight and every night this week till Friday, 9 o'clock. I love you. Have a powerful day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.